Hello and welcome. I'm Michelle. And I'm Jessica. And this is Pretty Over Perfect. We are two former neighbors and current best friends who know that perfection is an illusion that could easily keep us from living our best lives. We are here to discover the goodness in the messiness of real life and find joy in the everyday by embracing simplicity, creativity, and a little sparkle. Hey, Jessica. Hi, Michelle. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing good. It's been a good day. We did sit at soccer games for two hours this (laughs) evening, freezing in the rain. I'm like, no wonder there are only half of the amount of children in the spring soccer league as there are in the fall. It's been terrible weather. It's only half the amount of people willing to brave the rain. That's right. So I'm sitting here in a blanket trying to like recover. (laughs) You're a brave, wonderful mom getting your kids in spring soccer. Every time spring sports come around, I see children go to them and I'm like, huh, missed that window again. I know. It's our first time with my four-year-old girl, and I think she might choose it over ballet. Oh, yeah. She loves it so much. Well, that's anyway. wonderful. I Good know. for it's her. It's fun to watch them it's, have fun. That's yeah. fun that she's already discovering her passions, although, yes, it is bittersweet. It's a mom who loved to dance to see her kid be like, yes. not into yes. it. Yes, and also, we're not we're not deciding right now. I just, I see the sparkle in her eye. <laughs> she was just all in. Oh, so I, so I'm just bracing myself. One day, maybe we'll have to choose. All right, we're back this week, and uh, we're talking about finding joy in motherhood. And we just want to put a disclaimer out there at this point and say that this one is going to be all about being a mom and having children. And we understand that everybody's in different circumstances, and um, maybe it doesn't apply to you. Maybe there is something triggering about it for you. So, if this episode will not bring you joy. We love you and understand if we need it to, if you need to just skip right over it. <laughs> yeah. And we'll talk to you next week about other things. <laughs> but yes. We felt like it was really important to talk about finding joy in motherhood because Jessica, I have noticed that I feel like it's very trendy to like hate motherhood and to be very negative about the experiences of motherhood and how hard it is because it is hard. Neither of us is ever going to say it's easy, but it's just become, I think, a bit trendy to sort of wallow in the distress. Slap it on a letter board. Yes. (laughs) About how horrible it is and share it to the world. Yes. 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 And of course, in many ways, it has become certainly more difficult in a pandemic. So we will also acknowledge oh, definitely. that like it has brought it has had a whole bunch of new challenges in this crazy year, whether your children are home from school, whether they're not home from school, but you know, there's all these different regulations that you're navigating, whatever is happening. It has certainly been a challenge added to the already yeah. challenging aspects of something that is both a source of great joy and great anxiety. <laughs> yes. So we we acknowledge that it's hard. Yeah. And we want to really emphasize the point that it's probably not the most beneficial place to sit in a place of wallowing and complaining. Yeah. We can go there. We can go there. We should go there. Absolutely. But to stay there and to put that out constantly maybe isn't, you know, the choice that will serve us the best. But yeah. that's just my perspective. Yeah. So we're just going to be talking about some of the strategies that we've used to find joy in this 
very demanding time. And, you know, how have we gotten through? How are we getting through? I mean, my kids, so we're going to be talking most specifically about young motherhood, like in the probably birth to five years (laughs) category, which I'm just Mm -hmm. kind of almost out of, which is kind of crazy. Crazy. Yeah. How do you feel about it? I mean, it is truly bittersweet because I absolutely love the ages my kids are in. I think we are in a very golden time where it's really wonderful We in that we don't have diapers and we don't have four car seats in a minivan, which we have had. Um, But at the same time, you know, my kids don't snuggle with me like they used to. And our days are full of going a lot of places. And, and some of that is really lovely, but it's not, it's not the same as it was when they were really little. And they don't need me in a lot of the physical ways that they used to need me, which again, is like a bittersweet thing, because in some ways, it's very nice to have that freedom. And in some ways, I just really miss being the center of someone's universe in that way and providing for them in such a powerful, meaningful way. Like, I can't deny that that was hard, but that it felt really good (laughs) to be literally the sustenance of someone's life. I mean, that's pretty incredible feeling. You don't get that in many ways, except being It's true. I'm going to take a big swallow right now because I'm literally tearing up. (laughs) Over here. I'm very pregnant. I'm very tired. Yeah. Also, it's just, it's such a paradox. It is. It's such a, a... hard and wonderful thing to be a mom oh it is can i can i tell a story real quick that when i was pregnant with my fourth child i was probably about as pregnant as you are right now like oh no actually i think i gave birth like the a week or two later but i was very clearly pregnant and i was on like one last date night with my husband and we were in this bookstore and this woman she's an older woman she like caught my eye from across the bookshelves and you could just see this longing unmistakable longing in her eyes <laughs> and sorry this like chokes me up a little bit too <clears throat> because uh she came up to me and uh she was just like oh it's so wonderful and i i would assume she was probably in her 70s or maybe even 80s and she said my children are all grown now. It's been years since I've been pregnant, but I just loved that feeling so much that ever since I've always felt a little bit empty. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was like, it wasn't, it wasn't a bitterness. It was just a, a remembrance of such a wonderful time in her life. And, uh, the, her words just stuck with me so powerfully as I was, you know, in the whole time of giving birth, the sleepless nights, the demand of constantly nursing, of having my three other children. And, you know, it's it's undoubtedly just like you're full, full to the brim, you know. You've never been more full in your life, right, as when you are sustaining the every waking <laughs> moment of another human being. And yet, like, it's such a fulfilling thing that it is also like there's an emptiness that comes with with that being over right with being past that stage and and it just gave me such an appreciation for 
the beauty of that stage, even though it's also hard and wild and you can't even like, I mean, I feel like I can't even remember it. All I can remember is just trying, especially with my last one, just to take in those, those moments that really good with that really hard, because there's nothing else on earth like it. You know, there's no other experience that is so magical and so hard at the same time. Yeah. Let me gather myself. <laughs> Sorry. <I'm just> <laughs> well, it's only like the most relevant story. I know. As I'm, I'm so sorry. close to having my fourth. I know. And I'm like wishing pregnancy away. And it's I know, so right? Okay. You do. And then it's like, oh, and then it's done. I hope that one day I can look back. Okay, my voice sounds like I've been crying because I literally have been. <laughs> I apologize. But hey, this is real. <laughs> yeah. I hope that I can look back and know that while I struggled, I enjoyed every day, yeah. at least for one second, right? <laughs> right? We can we can enjoy at least a moment every day. We can struggle and we can enjoy. They can coexist. But yeah. So Jessica, what are some of your, I mean, you're about to have your fourth baby. So you have the privilege of having a little bit of experience for how to get through these stages. So what is your game plan? My game plan, well, the next couple months, survive. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I do. I do have the hindsight and experience a little bit at this point to know that there are certain things that will help this whole experience be a little smoother. Referring back to our episode on time management, it is so crucial for me to put in those big rocks first. Yeah. And along with, I'll identify them again, connecting with God, connecting with my family, exercising. That's going to look a little different. Um, eating healthy. There's showering. Very important. Showering is a rock. Yeah. And I've learned by now that as I wake up, I need to either take a shower or exercise, mm-hmm. depending on where I'm at in the whole experience. If I do one of those two things right away, I have set myself up to feel fresh and feel rejuvenated. So it's, it sounds very silly, but take a shower. Yeah. That's a really big deal, a really helpful thing to implement. I don't know if you feel the same. <laughs> oh, I do. And I feel like I always gave myself permission to take five minutes to get fully ready, whatever that looks like. And of course, when you're just coming home from the hospital, you're in pajamas. That's fine. You should be. You need to be recovering. Everything like that. But whatever like stage you're in, get ready for it. I always felt like that yeah. just helped me feel so much better. For me, it was to put on a little bit of makeup or to put on clothes that I liked that were comfortable. Yeah. Maybe it's putting on a little bit of perfume or, you know, putting in some earrings that you like. A simple thing that you can do every day to signal to yourself, it's a new day. It's a fresh start. And I've always found that whole process of showering and getting ready for the day to be sort of meditative in that, you know, and and sometimes it can only take five minutes and that's okay. But it was just like a little moment for me to breathe and say like, okay, we got this. You know, we're we're on top of this day because the shower happened. And, you know, if you have a partner that you're having the babies with setting that goal ahead of time with them like I'm gonna need you to at least be available for the five minutes a day that it takes me to take this shower 
so that I can yeah. start the day. Or, I mean, there have been times when that wasn't a possibility. I had two of my children during busy season. My husband used to be a public accountant. So from January to April 15th, he was MIA and yeah. he was not very available. And he would take, you know, some time off when the babies were born, but then he had to go back to work and he would leave early in the morning and come home late at night. And it was really on me. And so I still would, you know, I had like a little bouncy seat in the, in the bathroom so I could take a shower and get ready, you know, with just, just the baby or whatever, whatever it takes to make that little goal accomplished. I think it's very important and set a small goal. (laughs) Don't, don't give yourself anything too crazy. Definitely. And if it's a priority, like you're saying, you plan to make it happen and There have been situations where I have, you know, the newborn and the two toddlers that want to be at my feet, Mm -hmm. even when I'm in the shower. Yes. So I, I'm kind of weird about TV. I suffer from a little bit of mom guilt around that, but I've also learned that it is so much better if I turn on a 10 minute little clip. I've found, you know, certain shows that are the lengths of time that I need to take a shower and get ready. Yeah. So that I can have that time by myself in my bathroom to uh, collect myself for yeah. the day. Yeah, absolutely. Five, ten minutes alone. Yes. And you know, in our house, we're kind of technophobic as well. But I think that the, <laughs> that is such a great way for, to use it right? is to yeah. get a little breather, a little break, and or to really set yourself up for success for the rest of the day. And Success might not mean that you're like accomplishing a lot in the rest of the day, but it might mean that you feel, I mean, feel better. You, you just feel better because you, you are greeting the day instead of the day hitting you in the face like a train. Absolutely. Like I just, I never liked that feeling of Ugh. powerlessness as to how the day would go. Yeah. So that's when we really proactive. adopted. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Being proactive, we really adopted flexibility within a framework when my kids were little, that it was like, you know, we planned how to make a shower happen. And then, you know, we had a little block of time before the first nap. So what would we do? Maybe, you know, maybe we were home, maybe we went to see a friend, maybe we went to the park during that time. And then we came home and we had lunch and we had our next nap and like all of those things. But we had a framework for how all of those things would happen. So it wasn't like a big surprise every time it was lunchtime Mm -hmm. again. And I was prepared to feed them. And we just never let it get too out of control that it was overwhelming. And I mean, of course, there were also days we all cried (laughs) because it didn't quite happen (laughs) the way we wanted it to or whatever. But for the most part, I do feel like having a framework for how, how the day was going to go just helped everything flow yeah. better because it, it made sure that our big rocks got taken care of first That's right, and everything else can fall by the wayside. That's right. I have definitely found that to be true as well. I remember oh, just living around the corner from you every morning. My kids would get up so early <laughs> for like the first four years of his life. My oldest would get up from five 30 to six yes. every day. And it would just kill me to look at the day of this like stretch of unknown. Yeah. So I did implement a few things. We would go on a walk. We would get out of the house. It sounds so early, but by 8 a.m. in the summertime, we were going on our, our routine walk mm-hmm. that would end at the park. And 
anyway, there's just little things that I would implement so that I knew exactly what was, well, ish, what was coming next. And they did too. And it was helpful for both of us. Yeah. Kids really appreciate that routine and that, um, to know what to expect. Absolutely. Because otherwise, you know, it's, when are we going to the park? When are you going to the park? And it's like, you know when we're going that to the park. That doesn't help anyone. We're going to the park yeah, after exactly. lunch or whatever. And for me, a huge rock. Man, that sounds weird. For me, a big rock for <laughs> my young motherhood was, um, I mean, it's been for my whole life, but especially in young motherhood, just like the importance of community, building community with yeah. other moms. And pretty much everything else fell to the side of being with other people in the thick of things. And so we had friends that we would just spend the day together, just at each other's houses, just co-mothering. Our kids were playing together, whatever it was. And um, that really got us through a lot of yeah, the, just the long, long days. And that's another thing that I feel like the idea of perfection can really keep us from engaging in that community because we have this feeling like, oh my gosh, my house needs to be perfectly clean first, or my, I I need to be able to prepare all of these really nice snacks. And I can tell you none of that stuff matters. (laughs) We just want to be together. And that's how most people have been raising their children for a long time is in community with each other. We're not meant to do this alone. We're not meant to be stuck inside or by ourselves the whole time (laughs) doing it on our own. I agree with that. I And I also look back on different relationships I've had with other moms. Mm-hmm. And I, when I spend time with them, as we're kind of going through the same thing, I feel so full after and I can give more. Yeah. A place that I found some friends in our community was actually at story time at the library. We would make that a part of our weekly little routine. Yeah. We had a really cute story time. You know what's so funny? Place. We just, what? our library just opened for the first time in like a year. Yeah. And we went there and both of my kids were like, oh, look, that's the room that we used to see Ollie in. <laughs> <laughs> so you really were at story time. That was an important part of life. <laughs> oh, tell Miss Karen hello. <laughs> She's a great woman. The room was empty, of course, because it's coronavirus. Oh. They just saw the empty they room just... and they were like, that's an Ollie room. <laughs> yeah. So library time. That's cute. Great way to fill up a day. Oh, we had like a, we had a pass to the local kids zoo? museum or the zoo or something oh, like yes. that, that we would ask for for Christmas from our in-laws. And that was a great way to fill up yes. the long, long days. Yes. We enjoyed that too. I, uh, my sister, I think, or my mom, I love you both. I can't remember who sent it to me sent me this book called 150 Screen-Free Activities for Kids. It's by Asia Citro, I think is how you pronounce her name. And at the beginning of the week, the kids and I would sit down and look through this book and choose a couple different activities that they would do at the counter. A lot of them are kind of hands-on. Mm-hmm. That's where, <laughs> that's when I colored the beans that are in the bottom of my craft oh, yes. box that came from this book. Okay. Um, and then I would put on an audiobook. They have fun podcasts. My cousin loves to pull up the Thomas the Train podcast for her son. And it kind of occupies their mind while their hands are occupied. And it would free up a little bit of time for me to do something in the morning. I think that might have been when I took my shower. 
but that's another little helpful resource that we loved to uh, break up that morning, break up that day. That's so fun. And I don't know, maybe everyone already thinks this, but like having your house be completely safe for your child, whatever that means for your kid and their age, uh, so that you can go take a shower and like not feel bad that you don't have your eyes on them at all times. I was just telling someone the top of our fridge had a lot of things on it for a por- for a period of our lives because we would <laughs> find that perhaps maybe I remember that actually <laughs> yeah some of the children were not trustworthy with a drawer that had knives in it so the knives were up high or uh you know whatever it is i mean i think every kid has their thing that they're drawn to mm-hmm. and so you might not know until your child is born what is safe for them or not but like for peace of mind put it up high. I mean, we definitely don't have any cleaning products or medication down where children could reach it. We even had like shelves in our living room and we anchored them to the wall so that there was no way they could pull them down on themselves. And we even, I mean, we anchored all the, uh, all the dressers in our kids' rooms and stuff like that, just because I wanted to have the peace of mind that I could walk into another room and not, Uh not stand over them all the time. So if you haven't done that. Yeah, that's a great idea. Definitely invest in some wall anchors. I mean, maybe, maybe don't care. Maybe, which I'm not saying like, I'm trying to put this fear in you, but like, do whatever you can to relieve the mental burden of worrying about your children. Because as we talked about in the previous episode, like our minds are wired to worry. And some of that's really good. It's how we keep our children alive and safe. But it also can just be very overwhelming. So see what you can do about it and what what you can do to relieve some of that worry. Yeah, good point. For instance, I am super paranoid about leaving the straightener on. Like, you know, when I do my hair, I'm always so paranoid. Apparently it doesn't bother everybody, but I'm always so paranoid that I'm going to like leave the straightener on. And so I finally, after years, invested in a Bluetooth enabled or Wi-Fi, I guess it's a Wi-Fi enabled outlet plug. So I plug my straightener into that. And then if I'm worried that I've left the house with my straightener on, I can use my phone to turn it off. What? I didn't yeah. even know this existed. Yes, it's amazing. That's really smart. I'll put One the link I in the show notes. Trip, yes. And I, I don't remember. I, I was like almost had my neighbor break into our house because I couldn't remember if I turned it off or not. Yeah. <laughs> That's really. Yeah. Show notes. Show notes. Yes. Yeah. I got it from uh, Home Depot. But it's just so nice oh. to be like, oh. Don't worry. Just, I mean, I cannot even tell you the amount of times I have turned around. And I think there's something to that as well. I've noted a a lot of moms have talked about being super anxious, like a heightened anxiety during the postpartum weeks, months, years, because we are like very wired to attend to every need that our baby has. And so I think that that can get funneled into anxiety about the home or whatever. I mean, I definitely have very clear memories about being so anxious about if I left the garage door open or whatever. And I just couldn't like get those things out of my mind. So whatever you can do to relieve those burdens, to relieve that stress, do it. Do it. Do it. Okay. I also feel like, so we've talked about some ways that we occupy our children. Yes. During the day. Um, I also want to bring up how important it is to give yourself some room to breathe. Mm-hmm. And I mean, focus on something that brings you 
that spark of joy. For me, it became running mm-hmm. and creating, like I've talked about a lot. Everybody's different. There's something, though, I feel like in everybody's lives that make them feel alive, like they're progressing personally. Yeah. Somebody very wise who's on the other end of this podcast <laughs> said to me once I was like who that who it? it takes a long time <laughs> it takes a long time to see the results of raising children right it, yeah so you need to make sure that you why don't you say it because you're here <laughs> yeah so you do something every day that you can see progress in I mean I think that the the I heard that from somebody else too, and I think the official quote might be "Do something every day that doesn't get undone." Yes, that is. But yeah, the way that it, the way that someone told me is, yeah, children grow really slow when the progress is really hard to see. So do something for yourself that you can see progress in. You know, especially if you, I mean, whether you're a stay at home mom or a working mom, I think that the the challenge in motherhood is that there's a lot of tedious long days, and at the end, no one gives you a report card and is like, A plus, did a good job. Yeah. And I remember talking to my husband about whether or not we would have another child when we had our three. And he was like, yeah, let's go for it. And I was like, easy for you to say, like, this is me <laughs> getting a promotion without getting a raise. Like, my job will just oh, get exponentially so harder. But like, you know, I'll have the same capacity to to take care of things, right? I'm not going to get a raise to go with it. And, um, and so just seeing that, I think recognizing that it is often a, I mean, I don't want to say it's a thankless job, because it's also full of things, you know, from our children who love us and, and provide us with a sense of purpose and meaning and fulfillment. But it's not neat and tidy in the way that a job or school has been in the sense that you can get a good grade for doing a good job or something like that. So if you can find something, you can get that sense of accomplishment from, I do feel like that can be really helpful and really fulfilling too. Like you, like you were saying something creative. And I mean, I think those creative things are all kinds of different things. Or, yeah, going on your daily run or setting a little goal. Maybe it's to shower and then you can cross it off and be like, yes, A plus at showering. Gold star. Gold star for me. I guess I was going to say you can't undo a shower, but I guess you can. (laughs) I know. I know. I was like, well, (laughs) what can't you undo? And to go with that, I think finding a task every day that you truly relish or take joy or take pride in you know it might be something that you are creating maybe you are painting something or maybe you love to cook so you're going to take like you have to feed your family anyways so you're going to take a little bit of pride and joy in accomplishing that task that you already have to do some people don't like to cook but they really do love to read books to their kids And so take and so they're going to be like pursuing the best books and they're going to love going to the library and they're going to love that part of it. There are so many little pieces and we might not all be the best at all of them. I mean, I do think that's another thing we have to be careful about is that there's like so many tips on how to be so amazing at everything that it's that that can be really overwhelming because, you know, we all probably don't have all of those strengths. And while we can always be learning and improving there's going to be something that is more specific to our goals and our passions and the way we're wired. And so if we can find the joy in doing those things, 
well, taking the extra time maybe in that area and let letting the other things slide, you know? Yeah. If you don't like to cook and your kids are just eating the same thing all the time because you want to put your energy into something else, that's awesome. Do it. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. I love that. But if you can put your energy towards something that is like enjoyable, you know, at least some of your energy towards something that is enjoyable. Yeah. Which is so much of it. Right. Yeah. To feel excited and motivated yourself. Yeah. Which brings me to another little, I don't know what to call these, parenting principle, parenting help, thing that helps me through parenting. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm definitely in the thick of it. I really like to have an audiobook queued up, a parenting audiobook for a little bit of inspiration because I think overconsumption is a true problem, mm-hmm. a thing. But I like to have a really solid parenting book that I can draw inspiration from when I need it. And I have a list of like four that I love so much that just brought me just that little bit of hope or a philosophy or a principle that I could implement right then. Gave me somewhere to go when I was struggling. Yeah. You know, an idea that's bigger than my own. Um, my very favorite one, though, I think, out of the ones I've read so far, is called Grumpy Mom Takes a Holiday Yeah, by Valerie Warner. Did you read that one, Michelle? I haven't yet. I'm terrible at audiobooks. I wish that I was better. Are you really? I should I should get the paper book. I would probably read it faster if it was a paper book. I don't, right, I don't know why Audible book. is... It's not my strength, so I have to pick a different strength to that's, begin. <laughs> that's probably better that you can actually sit down and read. Oh, I love Well, I don't know. It takes me a long time to do that, too. Well, this book is... I've started it again because every time I listened to it, it would fill me with such great ideas and such good solid principles that help kind of help you find joy as she's saying a grumpy mom or a tired mom. Yeah. (laughs) One example is she talks about, are we using our little breaks in the day that in a way that will serve us the most? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Just it's filled with 20... I think it's called like, I think she says that it's 20 worldly expectations about motherhood that she just totally reframes. I'm not doing it justice, but it's beautiful. I love that. If you have to just choose one book, read that one. It's good. And my favorite in that category, I would say maybe not as good as an audible, but I like the paper book and I like just having it on my nightstand or on my coffee table to just read a little section at a time. It's called The Blessings of a Skinned Knee by Dr. Wendy Mogul. I've mentioned her before and I've mentioned some of yes. the principles in it, but it's just she just has such a beautiful meditative way of looking through all of those anxieties that we feel as parents and just putting them to bed and just seeking out the love that a parent has for their child and just like reassuring you that that's enough. And it's such a beautiful, I mean, I really do feel like it's kind of like a meditation on motherhood that I really like just reading like a little bit at a time because it's yeah. just, it's a nice way to, yeah, reframe all of your worries and, and let them, let them lie a little bit. So that's the one that I like to have for reference, for quick reference. Yeah. I am a few chapters into that one. Yeah. And I've just been pondering on the last principle that she taught and it was that your children are not entitled to anything outside of their basic needs they're yeah. not, like you need to only meet their their basic needs of like a healthy food 
a warm or a safe place to sleep. And what was the other one? I wasn't prepared to draw on it. Yeah, but sorry. the point was all the extra stuff. Don't feel like you have to give it yeah, to them. It's extra. They're not entitled to anything beyond. Yeah. You decide, you know, where it fits in. But yeah, if you're meeting their basic needs, good job. Yeah. And I think that that's a big part of feeling overwhelmed is that more than ever, we are bombarded with constant ideas for being a three ring circus to entertain our children. And it's like they, they don't need that. A lot of psychologists will even argue that it's bad for them. But also, like, you know, it's just there's more pressure than ever. And I was thinking too about, you know, I did a lot of my parenting of the early days before Instagram was what it is now. And when I get on Instagram, and I see, you know, sleep perfectly sleeping babies, all the time, I think this would have been so hard for me to consume when my babies were not sleeping. And when my toddler was running around screaming, which it's another bit of reframing where, like, every time you see a picture like that, you need to remind yourself, you know, if this person has a toddler, that that toddler might be crying in the other room or might be smashing the blocks or whatever. Yeah, A picture, a silent picture, (laughs) is just not the whole story. But it's so hard, I think, to remember that it's that it comes back to those basic principles. If I am providing my child with a loving home, good food to eat, and a safe place to sleep, then they're going to be okay. And everything else is extra. And if there's a day when you can do the extra, that's awesome. Do it. But you don't need to do the extra all the time. Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, and you and I have talked about that too. Like, because we have so much information from people who are like, my mom did this great thing. But we've heard every single mom's great thing. And it's like, I get to be super mom who does these 20 amazing things that like these other moms did. And it's like, they probably did like the one thing well. And that's okay, because we're all humans. If we just do the one thing well, that's good. That's right. Yep. And I think a really important thing to remember, too, in parenting is that we are all learning, parent and child alike, and we are going to mess up horrifically, Mm -hmm. um, lose our patience. I mean, hello, especially when we're not sleeping through the night. Oh, yeah. We're going to snap at little things and our patience is going to be short. And the most one of the most important principles that I learned from one of these books that I'll link, uh, it's called... Parenting 14 Gospel Principles That Can Radically Change Your Family Mm -hmm. by Paul David Tripp. And he taught that the best thing you can do in those situations is to sit next to your child after the fact. If you've made a mistake, blown up, yelled, done whatever, Mm -hmm. sit next to them and apologize and let them know you're sorry and you're you're going to keep trying. Yeah. Therefore, you're demonstrating how you handle, how they should handle uh, when they mess up inevitably. And so it's okay, and it's important to have grace for ourselves as we are just trying to figure this whole process out, and we come in perfectly with great hopes and great desires and motivations, but we are going to inevitably fail here and there. Oh, yeah. So to just simply apologize and to be real and to be honest with your child, even if they're tiny, yeah, to just hold them and love them and Mm -hmm. reassure I mean, there's no damage done, in my opinion, if we can do that. Yeah, I have one child particularly who wears his his heart on his sleeve, which is one of the best things about him. But it has Mm -hmm. also 
rocked me many times when I have snapped needlessly at something. And in my mind, it's just like, whatever. And he will just be so heartbroken because on the other side of it, he was just trying to butter toast for the first time. And I got frustrated (sighs) with how big of a mess everything became. And he was just struggling (laughs) to just like butter the toast. And you know, it's, it's heartbreaking, gut wrenching to have those moments where you just, yes, you have that time where you really regret things that you've said or, or how you've reacted. And, and I am so glad that I can apologize and talk them through. And then you know what, I, as much as it makes me sad that that happened, I also know that then they have that experience to draw on as they get older to say, when they have done something when they've snapped out of a moment of irritation, that they can apologize that they can remember, oh, my mom was human too. You know, she had her bad days. And that's okay. That's a part of life. And I want to show my kids the vast array of human experience and human emotions so that they're prepared for it so that they don't somehow think that that's not a part of life, but so that they build resilience with them. Yeah, slowly over time, to deal with all of those things and to say you're sorry when you've lashed out or whatever it is it's all a part of being human and isn't it so funny jessica i don't know how often you feel like this but i always think it's funny like when you're a kid you think your parents have all the answers right and they're perfect people and then you get to be a parent and you're like i'm i still have so much to learn i still have so much to grow in (laughs) and like i can't believe that my kids are probably also thinking similarly right like oh they've got they've got it all together which i think you know that's the (laughs) irony of the um this will all make sense when i'm older song that olaf sings and you know kids Mm. are just like yeah it will and you know i've explained (laughs) to my kids that the irony of it is that you'll get older and you'll be like oh no we don't know everything (laughs) and now i know i have no idea yeah about anything hardly (laughs) all i learned is that i really don't know that's right i want to go back to what you were saying and i'm grateful for my experience with my parents i'm the oldest and I have a lot of, a lot more empathy for them as yeah. I'm learning to be a parent with my oldest. And whenever we would have disagreements or they would lash out every single time, they would come and sit on my bed, go to your room, I'd go to my room. I knew they were going to come in and sit by me mm-hmm. and apologize. Yeah. And I draw on that so frequently because I knew they loved me. And that's such a blessing. I know that that's not the situation in everybody's experiences, but yeah. I'm so grateful for that experience so that I can hopefully continue that pattern. And can I confess my last lash out? It it involves something that you gave me. So I have to say it. Okay. (laughs) Yesterday, my sweet son, I was going to say, I'm not going to name names, but now you know who it is because I only have one son at this moment. (laughs) He found the ribbon that you tied on one of the gifts that you sent me over Valentine's Day yeah, that I've been saving because it's so beautiful and I wanted to reuse it. And he took some scissors to it, like the middle of it, mm. and I flipped. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? You do not get to go into my craft box and take anything that you want, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And I went and had a nap right after. It was clearly just needed a moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I felt so horrible when I woke up and I was a little more, you know, even yeah emotionally i know and so i i did approach him after and say sometimes when we're hungry or we're tired we say or do things we don't mean and that was an 
an example of that for me. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I love you. <laughs> right. I know. I There's Dang so many it. moments that I have with my kids where I, I snap at them being silly. And I'm like, gosh, in their minds, like nothing's wrong. They're just being silly. Like they don't know all of the things that adults are dealing with and that we're trying to make happen throughout the day. And But like, you know, I also think that, yeah, apologizing and then kind of explaining a little bit like, hey – or, you know, we're working on a little bit of scaffolding that I'm not going to lay everything at their feet. But, you know, when you're a mom, you have to make sure all of these things fit in. So, oh, my goodness. I mean, you know, just like a little bit of letting them know yeah. what's on your plate. Yeah. And that's why you that's why you snapped or whatever. Or sometimes when you're tired or hungry, because we all get that that's way. True. We all need to apologize for lashing out or for misinterpreting a situation. And that's another thing where I hope to teach them that curiosity and compassion that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Like I want to have curiosity and compassion for them and I want them to have curiosity and compassion for me and for it's a good point. Everyone in the family, which, yeah, I mean, because it's easy for us to like take everything personally and it's, it's a learning experience for everyone <laughs> to, yeah. to practice not taking it personally. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hard one. We'll be learning forever on that one. Probably. We'll be but. learning forever. Let's just embrace it. Yeah. Okay. So we've talked about some of the ways that it's hard and that we all have to apologize and letting ourselves off the hook for unrealistic expectations. But one of the ways that I have done this, and I can, I feel like I can say this with just a little bit more perspective, just being slightly out of like the really young baby years that are really physically demanding. But one thing I love to say is moms are magic. And um, just the female body is made to create and sustain life. And it's pretty cool just to learn about it, right? And and it's very, very demanding, but we are made to do this. We're built to do this. Our whole lives, our bodies have been storing up for this process. And just to like think about that and think, I am enough. I can do this. Like I'm I'm made to do this and I think that feeling that can help us get through some of the really really long days. They're <laughs> really hard days like I love it. Yeah. We are meant to do this. Everybody write that on a piece of paper. Moms are magic. I truly Moms I truly believe that. You were made for this. You were. Yeah, and and to go along with that, anything worth doing is going to be hard sometimes. That's that's the nature of life. Anything worth doing is hard. And that's what makes it good. You know, I like to think about how diamonds are forged over time and under heat and under pressure. Whereas glitter is just like painted pieces of plastic and metal. <laughs> and like, it's easy to get glitter and glitter, I mean, it's pretty for a while, but a diamond is what is truly valuable and diamonds are what is made in the dark, in the secret. And a lot of being a mom happens in the dark and in the secret. And it's a really refining, a really refining time. But I do feel like it really brings out the diamonds in us because we're magical. I could go on about this for Absolutely. a while because there I really go. do think <laughs> that... It's a pretty wonderful experience. I just listened to a, a podcast interviewing Kristen Bell, and she was talking about how she and her husband, Dax Shepard, were deciding whether or not they wanted to have children. And they thought, let's ask our most pessimistic friends who are parents. 
if we should have children because they're like, we love our lives and we're free to do whatever we want. And we're going to ask the most pessimistic people what they think about it. And she said that they said, can't leave planet Earth without it. It's the best thing you'll ever do. And I think that if we reframe every good and bad day with that perspective, like this is what humans are made to do. Yep. This is what it's all about. Yeah, there can be so much joy in that. Is it as easy as not? <laughs> I No, it's not. <laughs> as we all thought it would be when we wanted twins. Right. <laughs> that we would match every day. Oh, right. my God. Shout out to all you moms. Oh, anyone with multiples, moms. you are. But we had this, like, idea. That it would be, like, dolls, right? but <laughs> they would be yeah, cuter. Yeah, they would just lay there. We could dress them however we wanted. Yes. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like that, but it is really good. It's so much it's better. amazing human experience. And I think if we can take the joy in that, then it will help us get through all the all the little hard things. And the big hard things. There are big hard things, too. Yeah, I'm not saying everything hard is little. <laughs> of course not. But but it is worth doing. Absolutely. And I think we can both agree that we're so much better than we were before we embarked on the parenting motherhood journey. Yes, absolutely. I really do feel that process of being refined. I feel like this, it pushes on all of the hard spots of my personality, but that's how they become smooth. Yeah. And it's really beautiful. I when you can frame it that way. So yeah. I love that analogy. Yeah. All right. We've got this, mamas. Yeah, we do. Very critical to, I mean, you know, the survival of humanity. So <laughs> we can do it. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> so we hope that this will help you guys find more joy in this amazing, wonderful, wild time of life. And I'm grateful for your example. Michelle, oh. I think we can all, I'll say that. I'll speak on behalf of I'm grateful for your example listening. as well. <laughs> we have learned a lot side by side. Yeah, pretty amazing. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.